everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tuesdays with Roger. I'm Diana Guvertz, and once again, we are here with Roger Etner of Recon Analytics. Hey, you, Roger. Hello. How are you? I'm well, and it's Tuesday, and that means we have a lot to talk about because Samsung just had their new device release. Hooray! Uh, <laughs> but I'm interested to see your thoughts because it was the Note 8, which you know comes after that whole Note 7 fiasco last year. Um, and and I have my own opinions, but I'm interested to see what you think of uh, the new Note 8. Oh, I want to know your opinions too. You know, but uh, well, seven was not a lucky number for uh, Samsung for the Samsung Note. So hopefully, it is eight is the lucky number. It's it's basically everything the Note uh, the Galaxy uh, S8 is, just bigger and hopefully better, but with a battery that's a little bit smaller than the one that went up in flames the last time. Uh, I, think, I think it has a terrific uh, chance of being the, the flagship device uh, for, uh, for Android. Uh, they introduced like the second camera, and you know people will, will love that camera. Uh, but they're just pulling even with the iPhone, with a bigger iPhone. Um, so if you like a big phone and you like Android, that is definitely the one to look at. And uh, you're counting on people having a bad memory and no bad aftertaste uh, by sticking with the Note uh, name. I, w I was surprised that they would continue to call it Note, uh, but you know, I've, I've talked with some people at the carriers, and they were like, this is a really impressive device. And, you know, we might, we might stop carrying iPhones and switch to that thing. And when, when you have people who, who know it all say that, I'm, I'm listening. They really said they're going to switch from iPhone and focus on the note. They might. They might, they might you know. So uh, they were that impressed by the device. See, when I was looking at uh, some of the specs that came out, like you, I noticed a lot of the stuff is just all from the S8. It's you know some tried and true technology. So I I feel like aside from the larger screen and um, a handful of other updates that they did, it was largely tried and true to make sure uh, that things don't blow up again, literally. Um, <laughs> And so I'm interested to hear what you say, though, about switching um, to focus promotions on the Note 8, especially given the price tag. I mean, what, what does that do for the financials and the economics around those kinds of offers when they're, it's almost $1,000? Uh, well, you know, they're, they're real, real device. By the way, nobody has seen the, uh, the new iPhone yet. So that's, that's true. I change when, when they... They play very Apple, you know, play very close to the vest, and the people at the carrier who hadn't seen the, the new iPhone yet. So that's with comparing the old iPhone with the with the new one. A little bit unfair, but yeah, you know, uh, what you know, I've always been an outspoken and warner about the device equipment financing uh, plans. Uh, it's basically a big charade, and it will backfire on everybody. Uh, and I think 
you know, as the, the cost of flagship devices goes up, and with this thing going like at what, like 970, was it? I, it was between 930, 950, depending on where you grab it from. Close enough. Um, we might see the iPhone actually going at above a thousand dollars. The good news is consumers virtually never buy this device uh, outright. Especially if you consider that half of Americans would go bankrupt with an unexpected expense of $500. Yes. Uh, what happens is you finance it differently. So uh, it comes in, in two flavors. Either you pay, the, the carrier goes back into the subsidy game, which they try to get out of, but I thought it was a full quest from day one that we would end up exactly here. So either you pay, either they subsidize it, or the customer has to pay a significant down payment and then pay it off. Thank you very much. Welcome back to $200 for the flagship device, but now you pay it <laughs> on top of it. Bad for consumers, uh, but they want to do it. The carriers didn't want to go down that road. Now the consumer hopefully realizes the foolish decisions they have made, or the lifetime of the, uh, the financing goes up. And then you're not paying off that device two in two years, but in three years, four years. Soon people will pay off their phone and then they pay off their car because they don't want to spend more than $25 or $30 a month on paying off their phone. But does that make sense given the, the current kind of upgrade slowdown? You know, I mean, people are taking, they're holding onto their phones longer. I mean, yes, the device, device releases still keep coming, you know, every year, every season, but people are holding onto their devices longer. So carriers can afford now to make those payment terms longer, right? It's almost like financing a car. It's, you know, instead of two years, it's four or five. Yes and no. Okay. What we have seen in, in uh, device purchasing trends is a bifurcation in the market. There is one second, previously it was cluster, there was a, a bump, a, a peak at one year, there was a peak at two years, and then it petered out. Uh, with the introduction of device financing plans, we have two bumps. There is the one year bump where people buy a new phone every year, because they are either fashion, fashion slash status buyers where they have to uh, show off to their friends uh, that they have the new phone or they're fetishizing around a faster processor. Um, or, uh, yeah, so they, they buy that and, and they buy for technical. And then the other half, Buys when the thing is obsolete, either technically or... Or they break it. <laughs> it's one way of obsolescence. And, and as the device becomes more and more expensive, and incremental technological difference between the old model and the new model goes smaller and smaller, that, that one-year segment will migrate into the obsolescence segment.
and then the device upgrade cycle is slowing down even further. And that has quite significant uh, implications for the entire e ecosphere. For example, uh, you're building that 600 megahertz network, and you're lucky enough, or, or you get the you get the handset manufacturer to include it, which, by the way, is not included in the uh, in the Node 8, uh, and then nobody buys it, and everybody continues to sit, or, or a disproportionate majority continues to sit in the congested bands, and nobody is in the fast bands that are empty. So you, have, you don't have the ability to even out uh, the load, uh, the, the data load, on all your bands. Until people upgrade. People upgrade, and they upgrade even slower. That is to carry even more to subsidize, which they don't want. Because in order to improve the experience for everybody, you want to have as many people migrate or have access to that band so that you can pick the fastest one, and there are a ton of fast ones. Uh, also, People with a newer device, I know it comes as a shocking surprise, are happier with their carriers than people who have an old device. <gasps> no! Yes! Because the thing is fast, it's fun, it does a lot of things. Uh, it might even have the new car smell with it. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, uh, they're happier with the device. They typically spend more money on data. They, uh, they buy more apps. The ecosphere benefits from people buying an, or getting a new phone. When this slows down, it, 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 uh, it permeates and will permeate through the whole ecosphere because you don't have as much incentive to buy a new app because if that app stuff that's only available in a few phones, Yeah. Uh, why would you buy that? Like, if, if your phone can only do AR for 10 minutes, and after that, you have a sunburn uh, because the thing uh, gets so hot that, uh, that you have burns, uh, you're not going to be a really big uh, VR person. You want to do this for an hour. And it has to be light, and it has to be not hot, and all of these things. And if fewer and fewer buy the phones that can do it, and at a lower temperature, and for a longer time, then all things will be well for AR. But if they stick with their old five-year-old phone, then they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. My phone can't do this. Yeah, no shit. Sorry. <laughs> So all of wireless is kind of like a giant pond, and people not upgrading has a ripple effect on, uh, you know, not just, you know, quality of the experience, but also all the applications that come with it. So I think maybe I should upgrade my phone because it's quite old, but... Um, and, and Apple, because it gets 30%, and Google, because it gets 30%, and the thing that rises the right now in Apple's revenue is services. So... If, you know, everybody is in the same boat.
So we got to get people moving. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, what carriers are going to put those incentives out there. I mean, we already have a couple uh, carriers. Everybody's saying that they're going to carry the phone, obviously, that for the S8. It'll be interesting to see what kind of offers come out around the new iPhone that's coming. Speaking of which, I want to ask you real quick, um, do you have any thoughts on what's coming in the iPhone? I mean, we've heard rumors about uh, an embedded home button that's under the display. So it's just a sheet of glass and then uh, there are, you know, a number of other predictions, but I'm wondering, I mean, do you think they're really going to do anything that's really different that really makes people go, wow, just because it's the 10th anniversary phone, or are we going to get more of the same little incremental upgrades that don't really push people to get a new phone? Well, I genuinely hope that we will get wow. Uh, but I'll settle for, for small incremental upgrades. Like increasing the screen, uh, moving to an, incre an increasingly bevel-less uh, thing. You know, 15 years ago, I, I talked about it, that phones will bifurcate. At that time, we had still phones with the razor and everything. I said it will bifurcate in two things. One will be a touch screen slab, which will basically one screen, one screen end to end, no bevel, no nothing. And the other thing will be a voice-centric device like a Star Star Trek communicator. <laughs> I think uh, we're well on the way. We're mostly we're through that tri uh, trans uh, transformation towards that slab and going beverless and integrating everything in the screen is that final step where you maximize that that physical. Um, uh, footprint that you have for for useful things, and so I think that's what we will see with uh, with Apple at a minimum. That yes, the button is integrated. Yes, the thing will integrate the the camera into the into the screen, uh, and you don't know the difference anymore. Uh, you know, there will be a different kind of biological uh, authentication, either with camera or with a with a button uh, for your fingerprint. That's somewhere more uh, more appropriate because if you integrate it in the screen, you might be able to. The entire screen is your 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 touch button for finger, and then right. it doesn't matter anymore if you do it at the top left or bottom right or whatever. It could even be a, uh, a security feature that you, you divide the screen into like nine squadrons. Is, you know, you always put it at the bottom right. I put it in the center. And, uh, and Bevan will do it bottom center. And that's another form of authentication. That's only what you need to know. And uh, hopefully, like a passive version of that. Um, so that, those are the things that I think we will see at a minimum. And then I hope there's wow. I'm always I hope there's I'm wow surprised too. and wow. Well, I will definitely keep my eye out to see if there's a wow. But since you mentioned Bevan, I guess I should tell all of our viewers that unfortunately I will be leaving Wireless Week soon. So our next episode will be my last. 
Um, so I will be keeping an eye on the iPhone, but you guys will be hearing about it from my colleague, Bevan Fletcher, uh, and she will be taking over Tuesdays with Roger uh, two episodes from now. Uh, but Roger, I'm afraid, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, no, I look at her as, as the next incarnation of Doctor Who, you know. <laughs> You're getting uh, another doctor now, so uh, I hope you guys stay tuned and keep watching when she's on. Uh, she's got a, a really great mind, and she's got some um, some learning to do, and I hope, Roger, you will teach her all the tips and tricks that you've taught me over the past two years. It was always wonderful working with you. It was highlight of my week. Oh, perfect. Well, good. At least we have one more week, but that's all the time. Do this one more time. One more time. Uh, so today we are done, though. That's all the time we have. And Roger, I will be looking forward to seeing you next week for our last episode. Thank you for joining us, guys, and I'll see you one more time next week. Thank you.